48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Sean Kennedy. The headlines. Pan-Democrats say some of the arrests during yesterday's protests show the new national security law is about crushing dissent. Britain and Canada update their travel advice for Hong Kong in the wake of the new law. And Britain's envoy to the UK hits out at what he calls Britain's irresponsible and unwarranted comments over the security law. Civic Party lawmaker and barrister Dennis Kwok says some of the arrests yesterday during protests against the security law show it's more about silencing political dissent. He told RTHK he believed the government expected Hong Kong people to show blind political loyalty to Beijing. They have arrested those people and they have charged them, as I understand, with the new national security law, which really is about suppressing political opposition more than national security. Because a person carrying a sticker in his pocket or a banner, which wasn't even displayed, cannot possibly endanger national security. Executive Councillor Ronnie Tong disagreed, saying merely being arrested for alleged breaches of the new security law wasn't the same as being convicted under the law. Where, oh, I have a flag in my bag, and therefore you can prove that I have organized and have a work plan to make sure my political belief that I want to divide or to make Hong Kong independent. That is not the sort of case. And if you read the law carefully, you will see that not only the police need to have that sort of evidence, but that you need to have the written consent of the Secretary for Justice. Journalists Association Chairman Chris Young says the new national security law deals a big blow to Hong Kong's press freedom. He says he's worried that local journalists will fall foul of the law over stories related to secession, subversion and terrorism. Mr Young says after he saw water cannon being used on at least one journalist yesterday, he thinks the law is a new, a new tool for authorities, such as the police, to rein in reporters. There's a lot of questions, worries, which may not be answered, I think, in the near future until we know that uh, some journalists or media organizations are in trouble under the law, being to, taken to the court or being ordered to produce the information or news material they collected. Britain and Canada have updated their travel advice for Hong Kong after the enactment of the new law. The UK Foreign Office said there was an increased risk of detention and deportation, while Canada warned its citizens they could face possible extradition to mainland China. Both countries also said there could be protests and even violence in Hong Kong. Hong Kong's sole delegate to the NPC Standing Committee, Tam Yu Chung, has suggested the new security law isn't harsh enough given the numbers of protesters yesterday and the 10 arrests for allegedly breaching it. The Beijing stalwart says if the law was harsh enough, no one would dare defy it. But he admitted the level of violence at yesterday's protest was lower compared to previous rallies. And police have arrested a man in relation to the stabbing of an officer during yesterday's protests in Causeway Bay. Police were dispersing protesters outside the Central Library when the officer was stabbed in the shoulder. The force says it arrested at least 370 people, including 10, for national security offences yesterday. Police have confirmed that officers from their new National Security Department wore a call sign beginning with the letter N during yesterday's operation. A spokesman said the light pink card rather than the colour blue used by most police was temporary. The Chinese ambassador to the UK, Liu Xiaoming, has hit out at what he described as Britain's irresponsible and unwarranted comments on the just-introduced national security law. Richard Pine has details. 
The ambassador told the UK's undersecretary to the Foreign Office, Simon MacDonald, that the just-introduced national security law was the fundamental solution to restore order in Hong Kong. Liu Xiaoming said it would target very few criminals, but protect the vast majority of Hong Kong people. He said the UK's remarks were irresponsible and unwarranted, and there was not a single word in the Sino-British Joint Declaration that gave the UK any responsibility over Hong Kong after the 1997 handover. The Chinese embassy in the UK also said it firmly opposed Britain's move to offer British national overseas passport holders a way of settling in the country, adding that China reserves the right to take countermeasures. An embassy spokesperson said this would break Britain's promise of not giving right of abode to BNO passport holders. Dozens of pro-Beijing activists and lawmakers have staged a protest at the U.S. consulate, urging Washington to stop interfering in Hong Kong affairs. The group collected 1.6 million signatures online supporting their call, but the embassy didn't send a representative out to receive them. The group says it's hypocritical for the U.S. to criticise and impose sanctions over Hong Kong's national security law because it has similar laws. DAB lawmaker Holden Chow says the signatures they collected show the true voice of Hong Kong people, even though thousands protested against the law yesterday. It's very clear that we have collected over 1.6 million signatures from Hong Kong people. And these people purely support national security law to protect the safety of Hong Kong people. For those who came out to carry on with their violent protests, I believe that still they are minority of the society. We denounce their violence and especially it also heralds the need of us to enact a national security law to protect the safety of Hong Kong people. Beijing has appointed Eric Chan, the director of the chief executive's office, as the secretary general of a committee set up to safeguard national security under the new law. Separately, O Kao Wang, the deputy director of immigration, has been promoted to head the immigration department after its former head, Eric Chang, moved over to head the Constitutional and Mainland Affairs Bureau in April. A Cambridge University college is to reconsider the, the fellowship of Chief Executive Carrie Lam in a departure from its previous stance. Wolfson College announced the move in response to the enactment of Hong Kong's new national security law, saying it was deeply concerned by recent events. Mrs Lam was given the honorary fellowship in 2017. She completed a programme for senior government administrators in Cambridge. The college has faced ongoing protests from students against Mrs Lam's fellowship. In other news, a man has died following a fire at a residential block in Tunmun. Firemen arrived at a unit in Longshui House at Longking Estate and found three men inside. One was unconscious and later died in hospital. The other two were hospitalised for smoke inhalation. The fire happened at about 3 o'clock this morning and some 200 other residents had to be evacuated. Overseas and Russian election officials say with more than 90% of ballots counted, voters have overwhelmingly approved constitutional changes that are expected to cement President Putin's hold on power for 16 more years. But there's been no independent scrutiny of the vote, and in a video statement on social media, the prominent opponent of Mr Putin, Alexei Navalny, dismissed the results as a huge lie, which didn't reflect the real opinion of Russian citizens. A fake is a fake and once again I urge everyone to clearly understand that this vote is invalid, illegal. But it has become an open statement of what is happening in the country. Vladimir Putin wants to be the ruler of Russia for life. President Trump has insisted he was never told by the U.S. Secret Services about reports that Russia paid Afghanistan's Taliban militants to kill American soldiers. Mr. Trump told the Fox News Network many in the intelligence community didn't think it was something that had even happened. 
When you bring something into, into a president, and I see many, many things, and I'm sure I don't see many things that they don't think rose to the occasion. This didn't rise to the occasion. And from what I hear, and I hear it pretty good, uh, the intelligence people didn't even, many of them didn't believe it happened at all. I think it's a hoax. I think it's a hoax by the newspapers and the Democrats. New reported coronavirus infections in the United States have exceeded 50,000 for the first time, with California alone recording nearly 10,000 in the past day. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, has reintroduced large parts of a coronavirus lockdown which was being progressively lifted in the state. Dining inside restaurants will be prohibited and cinemas, bars and museums will close for at least three weeks. Governor Newsom reimposed the restrictions ahead of the July 4th holiday weekend when officials feared the spread of the disease could accelerate. Bottom line is the spread of this virus continues at a rate that is particularly concerning. We're seeing parts of the state where we are seeing an increase in not only the total number of positive cases, but a significant increase in the total number of people that are getting tested that are testing positive is beginning to go up to a degree that obviously generates some concern. New Zealand's Health Minister David Clark has stepped down after criticism over recent slip-ups. In April, Mr Clark was reprimanded and demoted after it was revealed he broke lockdown rules to go mountain biking and to take his family to the beach. Here's the BBC's Phil Mercer. Border closures and strict lockdown measures have helped New Zealand contain COVID-19. But David Clark has paid the price for his mistakes. The former health minister had admitted breaching travel restrictions when New Zealanders were ordered to stay at home. There was another controversy over failures to ensure that returning travellers were properly tested. The Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said it was essential those leading the response to the pandemic had the confidence of the New Zealand people. The US electric car maker Tesla has become the most valuable car firm by market capitalization. The firm, founded by Elon Musk, overtook Toyota to record a total share value of nearly 210 billion US dollars. Here's the BBC's Ivana Davidovich. The relentless rise of Tesla's shares has baffled some analysts, with the company's value soaring despite producing only half a million vehicles this year and scarcely making a profit. This highlights growing confidence among investors about the future of electric vehicles and Tesla's shift from a niche car maker into a global leader in cleaner cars. Tesla's share price also appears immune to the effects that the COVID-19 pandemic has had on the rest of the car industry. If the company breaks even in the quarter to June, it will be the first time the business has been in the black for four straight quarters. The head of Ukraine's central bank, Yakiv Smoly, has handed in his res resignation, saying systematic political pressure is making it impossible for him to carry out his duties. He said his decision should be a warning against attempts to undermine the bank's independence. And the organisers of the Oscars say they're going to diversify their membership for 2020 by inviting African-Americans and international stars to join. Of more than 800 actors on the list of invitees, 45% are women and 36% are non-white. Currencies now, the US dollar is trading at 107.45 yen, the euro is 1 US dollar and 12 cents, the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 67 cents. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,788, 361 points up on the previous close, turnover is $89 billion. And now with the sports, here's Adam Chung.
First to the English Premier League and a massive result for West Ham United. They stunned fourth place Chelsea 3-2 thanks to a last-minute winner from Andre Yarmolenko. West Ham now three points above the relegation zone. Here's their manager David Moyes. We got better. We've got better in all the games, to be fair. Uh, and, I, and I still said to him, I think there's much more improvement. I didn't think we played well enough in the first half. Uh, but I think in the second half we got better, even though I've got to say it was really tough against Chelsea. Third place Leicester City have gone winless in four games since the restart. Their 2-1 loss at Everton means they now face a real test to finish in the top four and qualify for next season's Champions League. Leicester lead fifth place Manchester United by just three points, and that's a major concern for manager Brendan Rodgers. Disappointed with the result. We started the game actually quite well in the first five, ten minutes, but then found ourselves behind. The second goal kills us really because it's... Very, very harsh. The tempo of the game was much better in the second half, but we couldn't quite manage the final bit of quality, and that's obviously something that we've suffered from really since we've come back. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang became the fastest Arsenal player to reach 50 Premier League goals. The Gabon striker scored twice in a 4-0 win over last place Norwich. Here's the Arsenal boss, Mikel Arteta. Well, that tells everything. You know, we have some really, really great strikers in this football club, and for him to achieve that is phenomenal. He deserves it with his attitude, the effort that he puts every day in training, and the way he's willing all the time to. Bournemouth remains in zone, their second from bottom after losing 4 1 to Newcastle. The Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp says Manchester City will not be the only team to challenge them for the Premier League title next season. Klopp was speaking ahead of tonight's top two clash at Etihad Stadium. Liverpool clinched the league last week with a record seven games to spare. City will be strong next season, United will be strong next season, Chelsea will be strong next season, they all will be strong next season, only the three of them, it's obvious, City is, uh, City is uh, just an outstanding team, United is in an outstanding shape and Chelsea is in a really good shape, so um, we will not defend the title or whatever next year, we will attack um, the next one, that will be difficult enough. What we achieved last year, in this case last week, is something for the history books. The rest is um, just hard work and we will, we will try to show that. In Spain, Villarreal have gone three points within the top four. They were 2-0 winners at Real Betis. Valencia lost their third straight game, this time beaten 2-1 by Athletic Bilbao. In Italy, Inter Milan thrashed Brescia 6-0 to remain third in the Serie A. They're eight points behind the leaders Juventus. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, the top stories once again. Pan-Democrats say some of the arrests during yesterday's protests show the new national security law is about crushing dissent. And Beijing's envoy to the UK hits out at what he calls Britain's irresponsible and unwarranted comments over the new law. The news from RTHK.
Yeah. 